guys. Welcome back to another episode of Puck Stuff. It's been a while. Sorry about that because of the holiday season and exams and everything. But we finally have David back. Made time for us today. And I thought I'd stop by. Oh, yeah. Stop by. Yeah. Start a new podcast. How's that going, David? It's going pretty well. It's uh, called Planet Prospects, uh, run by the Puck Authority. Myself and Ben Steiner are... Uh, recording pretty much weekly during the World Juniors. We're going to have a couple extra episodes. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun, and it's the one-stop shop for all things prospects. Yeah, talk about the uh, the legendary bust of Cole Caulfield in the World Juniors. Just garbage player, apparently. His, he, career, his career's over, man. His career's over. He's a career AHLer now. It's over for him. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make this all about the Leafs, but Robertson over Caulfield. Put it out there. I'm not, I'm not even joking anymore. I fully think he's better than Caulfield. I, I hope you know we were joking about Caulfield being a bust. But no, no, uh, I am joking about him being a bust. He's obviously going to be a decent NHL player, but I do think Robertson is better, in my opinion. I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. Anyways, we have a few things to talk about today. Um, you know, kind of still somewhat in the dead zone of the NHL. But good news, we know hockey's coming back now. The thirteenth. Leafs versus Habs. Leafs Habs. Oh, I'm so excited for this North Division. We're actually gonna talk about it a little bit more later, but I am just, oh, I'm so fucking excited. But um, let's start out with talking a little bit about the, I guess, what was the marquee free agent for most of the offseason since Petrangelo and Hall kind of got swept up early. Mike Hoffman, uh, he signed a PTO with the Blues recently, and I was reading that they do have a um. A contract in place for once the PTO is over. I believe it's about three and a half mil for one year. I don't know. Do you read that? Uh, I didn't see this. However, it was definitely an odd uh, decision. I mean, I don't think Hoffman doing it for cap purposes. Clearly, I mean, yeah, but I don't think Hoffman's the type of player right now that needs to prove himself with a PTO. So clearly, that's not the point of it. Uh, I think the point. It's I think a part of it, I think that's a part of it, but I also think coming from um, Hoffman's camp, it's to kind of get the ball rolling. You know, there haven't been a lot of offers. I'm sure at at the beginning well, there were a lot. Listen, the to truth is, Hoffman's a bit of a weird case because listen, yeah, in any other year he'd be getting his probably about five to six mil. He's thirty goal scorer regularly. I- I'm personally a fan of him, but there's a pretty significant community who does not like him because. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not a big metrics guy. Apparently, his metrics like kind of suck, like in terms of defensively. Like he can't play defense, and well, there are also the locker room issues that we've all heard about. With I mean, obviously, we heard about back in auto with Eric Carlson, and I don't know. Well, what what's your take on it? I think that you know you look right now at what teams would have been in on Hoffman, and we know that there were a lot of teams really interested in him. That's I, the yeah, interest was never no... the issue. I, there were a few teams I'm surprised didn't take a bigger swing at him. Um, I was looking at maybe Colorado. I thought he would have been a good top six guy there to kind of round out their top six more. Um, mm. Maybe if, no... if if Lina ends up getting traded this year, maybe Winnipeg would have been a. There's no shortage option. of teams. I, I'm not Winnipeg would have been good, but. Boston um, really needed to kind Boston of Boston need needs someone. The fact that Boston they they, they, they need a win. They've lost potentially Chara. Um, they lost Krug, obviously. And Boston's oh yeah, they lost, in a tough also spot. Pasternak. 
Pasternak and Marchand. Boston's in a really tough spot right now. That's for sure. But when it comes to Hoffman, obviously, you know, there was a lot of interest in him from the beginning. I think that he wanted to wait uh, until there was a bit of a clearer picture before he made his move. But, you know, now I think that a lot of talks have died down. I think that signing a PTO was pretty much, uh, you know, obviously there is a potential contract in place. But I think the big part about that was just to pick up talks and let well, no, the rest like, of the I, NHL I think know. like they're like 100% is. I think I was really- about it because the whole app situation really confuses me but it was Mm. it was really weird well it's not only uh he is allowed to sign a contract somewhere else unless it's official with st louis until that happens he is allowed to to be with st louis it most likely will be but until then you know this could be and i think coming from mike hoffman's camp the point is let teams know that he is interested. Now is the time where he's going to be making a move and making a decision. If teams want to act, now's the last chance. I think that, you know, internally, the camp is hopefully trying to start as much of a bidding war as possible. I think, you know, they probably did wait a little bit too long. He could oh, they been higher paid player at the beginning. They, these guys, they, they have to realize it's, like, it's a COVID market, right? Him, Duclair, all these guys. Now they end up, like, what did Duclair get? He got, like... About 1.5. Man, in a regular year, he could have been a $3 million player. Like, Well, Hoffman's also... Look, Duclair's a guy that could be making a lot more than that. However, it's also, for a guy like Duclair, a bit of a tryout year. I know. Some teams, and I guess the consensus with Hoffman was, people thought that he could be making more than the five but, you were saying before. People thought he could be a 7 to 8 mil guy. but And the points proved that he could be, I but actually, there's a lot more I than wanna, points. He was worth more I want to talk about Duclair a little bit. People keep saying, oh, he only had the many points because he absorbed all, like, the other points in Ottawa because there wasn't really anyone else to score the goals. But, like, that's more of a ba- – that's not really a hockey thing. That, I feel like that's that's more of a basketball thing where you absorb, like, points if there's no one else. Like, that's not really – if if there's no one else, you're just going to be a bad team and not score. Like, that's not really a thing in hockey, in my opinion, at least. Well, to – to go back on what I said before, it was actually a $1.7 million contract oh, for the year. Now, uh, you're, you're right. I mean, Duclair is, you know, he is an underrated player, especially for that money. And it kind of shows you the fact that what he did last year, yeah, it wasn't a great team. He wasn't, all, he was an all-star. And I know a lot of people but have that, their that should thoughts about that. Work to his advantage because he did that with, and like, mm-hmm. look, for like all of these exactly. all-stars have, Matthew Every Matthews has a martyr pretty much in the league, right? But Duclair didn't yeah. have that. He had what, like, Pierre Luc? Not sure, not Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, Peugeot, sorry. <laughs> I said Pierre Luc Dubois. There's Peugeot. There was Kachuk. Like, there was but a few. Like, he wasn't playing on that line full yeah, time. Yeah, there was but... a few decent guys, but there was no, like, bona fide, like, elite playmaker for him to play with. I definitely believe. And the fact that Ottawa didn't keep him and brought in Derek Stefan really shocked me. We could talk about that in a bit, but. Uh, I, I definitely I am, there has um, to be something internal under, in Ottawa's locker room. I right don't now. love what Ottawa's doing this year, to be honest. Like, I, like, I don't think it's terrible, but I don't like. I think people are. There are two teams in the North Division that I think people are way overhyping. But again, we'll, we'll, let me guess. Habs are one of them. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Anyways, let's move on. Um, we're kind of on a bit of a time limit because David's pitching me today. Um, yeah. 
I think we should talk a little bit about Lungfist. Obviously, it came out, I think, yesterday or today that he's having heart surgery and he won't be playing this year. I, I think he's done, personally. I don't think he's going to play hockey anymore, which is just, it's so, so sad. I mean, this guy was probably, if not the best, top three of his generation goalies, easily. Mm-hmm. He carried the Rangers on his back to the finals. Like it's it's sad. It's, it's sad. There's no words really. Obviously, and I mean, like I, you hate for it to I happen. I think I think Washington kind of knows he's done because they they just signed what's named a PTO also, uh, Craig Anderson. Craig yeah. Anderson, yeah. And it's 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 honestly such a, like he is what everyone thought Freddie was going to be. Like Freddie Anderson, like not like he'll never put up like a nine thirty or nine twenty eight year. But he's always going to be consistently extremely good, like a nine eighteen, nine nineteen, that that kind of guy. And like you, you, you always knew what you were getting with him, and you can't say that for most goalies in the league. One of the most consistent, if not the most consistent, of the generation. And you know, he has had some point nine thirty years. Before, yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, he's, and he's always a he's always a point. Uh, you know, most likely he's a point nine two kind of guy. I mean, he has been one of the best goalies. Uh, the league is seen, especially in the modern era, and it's sad that it, it's hopefully not going to be the end of him. You also have to remember, it. uh, like I'm the hoping Rangers, that he can recover from during this. like their like contention window. It's not like the Rangers were exactly a stellar defensive team; <laughs> like they were like they were all right. They weren't great or anything. He's always been especially elite in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the playoffs have been one of those areas where he shot. I mean, again, that and who did they lose to again? They made it to the finals, I believe. One of the LA they lost to the LA Kings. That was it. And like, and that was when Jonathan Quick was there. Yeah, okay. Uh, they, had they, they obviously they weren't going to beat that team, but like that, they they should that team should not have been there in the first place. Lungfist carried them on their back, like on his back, like he dragged them kicking and screaming to the finals. They beat the Canadians, and you know a lot of people say you know if Price wasn't injured, was was, was that, Price was that the year that, injured that, in that I first know game? That was the same year that Price was like that was the year, and people say that if. Uh, and the Habs still put up a fight there, but they do. A lot of people believe that if Price uh, wasn't injured, then the Habs would have made it to the finals. And you could talk about that all you want, but you can't deny the fact that Lundqvist was exceptional then, and he's had an exceptional career. Probably going to be a Hall of Famer, and it, it's really sad if that's the way he goes out. You, you don't. Oh, wish that, I'm. Um, I'm confused because listen, out. if if he can't like, I don't want him to force himself to play. Like, if it's not good, obviously, like I. Yeah. He is probably one of the the most like classiest players of the last decade, I would say. Like, like the work he's done in New York, it's it's. He was a game changer in the in the sport of hockey and in the community. I, and I'm honestly, about... I'm honestly so sad he never won his cup. That's like that's so heartbreaking. To of me. course, and there's a few great players that you want to see win that never win. He's one of he's them. One of those he guys deserved that deserved it so to much. Win. And if he does come back, I really hope he does sign with like a Tampa Bay or like a Boston, mm-hmm. like a contender. Cause like he deserves the cup already. Like, yeah. It's... He's one of those players, you know, there's always those players that you want to win just because you like them or they've been, had a great career and you think they deserve it. But he's one of those guys that deserves it more than anyone in the league. He's been here forever. He's been a great player forever. He's paid his dues. He's been a great role model in the community. He He's done everything. right. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more you could ask of him and could want what, of him. What I'm wondering about now is um, what's Washington going to do with their goalie situation? Because if you look at, like, they well, obviously they have Samsonov, who's probably going to be their starter, I would assume, this year. Uh, Lundqvist was never going to no, be the starter. No, but like, who's their backup now? Like, 
what maybe Craig Anderson if like he could like put it together a season. Well, Washington's been uh, they've done a couple things on the goalie front right now. Uh, obviously, with um, um, sorry, with uh, Lundqvist injured, and the hope is that um, they can get Craig Anderson on a, a short term. <laughs> Uh, cheap contract, and he could put is up that good what you, like, hey, They David, did. Also- you were saying yourself really, like earlier in the offseason, like especially this year, it is going to be so important to have a good tandem because it's going to be a much more condensed schedule, obviously. And do yeah. you really trust Craig Anderson to carry that kind of load? Like, I don't know. I, I think he's more of a third string goalie personally. I don't even know if he's a backup anymore. I think he's a. I think he could still play a backup role on a good team. Mm. Uh, this year, though, with the role that he's got, that is going to be asked upon that back, he's, goalie, like, he's almost with forty. Samsonov, who, like, I don't know. Yeah, and especially with Samsonov, who I still think you know you want, especially well, with a young goalie like that. Who it's not. I have complete trust in Samsonov. I think he's going to have a really good year. I do too. Yeah. I've been saying yeah, it for. I remember being. I remember being in like early years of high school, and you were talking about him before he was drafted. The three Russian goalies three. that I've been waiting. And now they're all going to be in the three NHL Russian this goalies, year. Exactly, but. You look at the goalie market. I mean, are there what goalies are left in the free agent markets? I don't even know if there are any. Well, it wasn't a free agent, but Nilsson was just traded to uh, from Ottawa to Tampa Bay. He would have actually he would not have been a bad option for Ottawa right now, considering the lack of superstar goalies on the market and guys that could carry your team. He actually is a guy who I think with he he was pretty impressive in Ottawa. I think with the right market. Definitely someone that, uh, you know, he still has gas left. In the I think team. he's on, on an LTIR. I don't think he's playing this year. He's on, I, he's I on LTIR. He's on play. I'm saying he would have yeah. been. Yeah. He would have been. I don't know how long. Like, if he can come back this season, that'd be also great. Still have Tampa also uh, has Curtis Mack. So, like. The goalies left on the market. And there actually are yeah. still some. Uh, Jimmy Howard is left Ooh. on the market. He would be one of the better he, off. Did you, listen, t- Detroit was really bad last year. But man, oh, did you see his stats? He, yeah, he was he was like, awful. Historically There's no denying bad. Yeah. And it's like he he did not it, have a good year. But looking at the goalies left on the market, if you want to compete, here are your best goalies available. It is Corey Schneider, who that that's Corey a Schneider might not be a area. If he can come back and give you a nine oh five, that might not be a bad risk. If if he sounds like a league man, well, if it's, it's a big, big no, if, he's a, had his fair it's, share it's of injuries. It's a gamble, but it might not be a bad like that. <laughs> It's it's a big option there. Then there's Craig Anderson, and then there's Jimmy Howard. You've also got Mike Condon. Mm. Those are the best NHL okay. goalies <laughs> left on the market. Exactly. So what you could also do is if you they also did sign they Zach for Cali. They should have uh, tried to sign uh, Aaron Dell. Be- be- yeah, Aaron Dell would be the great option because I would have been... the he other option goalie. that they have. Aaron Dell, no, he's a backup. He could even. This is the season where you want a guy like Aaron Dell. Now, the other option is uh, the one thing here that they could do is try to sign from Europe. And it's that will not be easy, especially, you know, with uh, border situations and COVID. But trying to get a goalie from Europe may not be the worst option. You can get them for cheap, especially on a one-year deal. You know, you have options there. There are plenty of goalies that aren't sign- have no uh, NHL commitments or anything. If you can get them to opt out of their current contract and reach an agreement, it's not the worst idea. Yeah, it's not bad, I guess. I don't know. I'm. It's tough. I, it's I, tough to I work it out with, especially cap constraints. I don't see the capital going far this year. I'm. 
I don't know. I'm a low down on them. Which maybe maybe I should it, be. It all depends. But... It all depends, first of all, on is Connor McMichael ready for the NHL this year? Who's uh who who are they gonna be adding to the team? The defense. Is Alexander Alexiev going to be there as well? Can he live up to his potential? And then obviously the biggest thing is how does um uh Ilya Samsonov do? He's going to be that difference maker for this team. Underratedly, I, if he's bad, the team is bad. I see Samson off being a, and like this might just be me being stupid. I see him being a um a Vesna candidate this year potentially. Like I am really high on Samson off this year. Samson, I have Shostorkin up there maybe, as well. Maybe and... Sans Carter Hart. I am. He's probably like my number one guy in terms of young goalies right now, who I'm like the highest on. I'm just excited to see uh, Ilya Sorokin. That's he's. My, I've been waiting for a long, and Shostorkin, I think, is Sorokin's also in going Sorokin's to be Islanders, in, right? No, uh, yeah, Sorokin's Shiro- Islanders, and Shostorkin's Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Shostorkin's, and Shostorkin's I think both gonna be, are going to be like insane. number one starter this year, right? Like, it's not going to be, um, the, Go guy, the guy who apparently needed to give up like four first rounds of captain for for some reason. Yeah, I don't think that, uh, do you, do you remember that last season when like <laughs> apparently, like. Casper Cavern like wasn't enough to get a goalie you played like thirty games in the NHL. Well, it's I'm not gonna say that I don't it's a tough one. I actually don't know that if I'm the Rangers GM, I make the I um I do that trade. Kapanen for um Gorgiev. I don't actually know if that's I don't see that as being extremely valuable to them. Okay, but yeah, I, I if don't you see look that trade off being worth if it. If you look at what we got, uh, what we had to give up for Campbell, we gave about like Trevor Moore, like a third round pick. Yeah, like but I don't think that getting rid of Gorgiev, if you're going to get rid of Lundqvist, and clearly you know Lundqvist wasn't in those long term plans. They have Gorgiev and Shostorkin, and they want that one two punch. They know that one of them is going to be the backup, but they're both very young goalies. If one's not doing great, they have the other that can start. You don't want to leave your goaltending up to dry, and I think they knew that they weren't. No, but they were, they wanted to back. give your game at one point. Like they were actively shopping him last year. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't they like were, but I think eventually like they were shopping him. Of course, of course, because they were getting a lot of inquiries about him. I do think that should the right deal have presented himself, but for he was he has more of a place in their plans. That if they, if the deal was going to be worth it, if they could have gotten a first round pick or something really of value that could have made a big impact on that team, then a deal would have happened. But I think that they knew that Shostorkin was going to be their future starter, but they've liked what Gorgiev could do. They knew Lundqvist wasn't going to come back, and that became more apparent as the Listen, season went this... on. So I think that they wanted to keep Gorgiev. Uh, and it, unless it was going to be a great deal, Gorgiev was going to stay unless they can get a first-round pick plus. Yeah, and like this, is, this isn't me overselling Kapanen. Like, personally, I think Kapanen is probably overrated in the lease market. I was, I was happy when, when we traded him to Pittsburgh. Especially because we got an extremely good haul for him, like that was a yeah. dumbass trade. But rather for, <laughs> but um, no, I I, I, was happy with I understand what he did. It took a while, but I know what rather. I know he's trying to do. I don't love the trade, but oh, I think it is extremely stupid. I don't, and especially because when later in the off season, when you saw, for example, Janssen got like um, Anderson back for him, um, there were like top mm. three defensemen on some teams. We got traded for like fourth round picks, like it was crazy, and we got like a good mm. prospect, not like a like a pretty good prospect, and a first round pick, a lottery first round pick, and like that's, yep. that's insane. Like, that's, 
It was not a good. Yeah, trip. and we got. I mean, we, we didn't end up signing him, but um, what's his name again? The like fourth line center who was an RFA. Rodriguez. We got we got Evan Rodriguez also. Yeah, like that was that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get what for the second, especially because he he expected to put Kapanen with he already said like with Crosby and Malkin, and we've already mm-hmm. seen Kapanen can't play with stars. He like we tried it like multiple times in Toronto with John Tavares and Austin Matthews. He couldn't play with either of them, so we he was relegated to the third line where he was pretty good. But he's the kind of player you know he needs to be the primary guy on his line. That, that that's the kind of player he is. In all fairness, I again, you know, I don't love. I did not like the move at all. What well, um, I didn't like the move on Pittsburgh's side at all. Uh, definitely. Also, so one more thing. Uh, if you're gonna spend those assets, your your wingers are already fine. You have Jake Gensel, you have Zucker, you have all you guys already. Trade for a damn defenseman, because their defense is trash mm-hmm. right now. Oh yeah, signing Cody CC is gonna fix it. Sure, but like, God, they don't. I'm they not have, def- okay. Like, obviously, um, John Moreno had a pretty good rookie year, so like that's something to be excited about. Um, you obviously have Latang, who's still uh, probably number one defenseman. Matheson, like that's it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes it was not a good deal by any means, and I'm not going to go out defending. But in Jim Rutherford's mind, what he's trying to do is he knows a fir- using that first round pick. He obviously Pittsburgh has an awful prospect. They do not have a good prospect pool. But he knows that getting a first round to be ready for the next three years is not going to help them. It, right now, they have Crosby and Malkin. They're trying to keep that window open as long as possible. Same with Latang. I wasn't what they're trying to do like future assets. I was again trading for a that. third line winger. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is, what Rutherford is planning is he has a specific style that he is trying to build with this team, and it is speed. He brought back Shiri. He Gensel, obviously a fast guy. He got brought in Zucker. You know, he is trying to build a fast, he wants fast, speedy wingers on the wings of Crosby and Malkin. And that's why Kapanen was brought in, because he was probably the fastest player that they could have got. So the reason why it was an overhaul, and it was still a bad move, I'm not going to justify it. But I'm saying in Rutherford's mindset, what he is trying to do is he's trying to build speed. That is his bread and butter right now. You've got Jared McCann, you've got Gensel. You've got Zucker, Sheary, and now you've got Kapanen. Who did they trade speed, again? That's what they, he wants. They traded, I thought they traded Jared McCann. Did they not? You're right. They actually yeah. They, they traded a few guys. Jared McCann was one of them. Uh, Nick but again, had... he when he acquired McCann, the, the reason why they're bringing in McCann. Oh, no, no. McCann is still on Pittsburgh. Who did they they trade? did not trade McCann. They traded Bajukstad. They, they, they traded, want they, speed. They traded more than one guy, though, like earlier in the offseason. I know they did. Regardless, what they're trying to do right now is build speed. That is the bread and butter of this roster right now, and that's why uh, he gave up so much is because he has a vision, and I'll give him this, okay? A lot of teams kind of just – they have a vision, and it's hard to actually – a lot of GMs, I mean, they have a vision, but it's hard to actually – you know, manifest it. At least Rutherford knows what he wants, and he's going to pull out all the stops to get it. I don't agree with it, but I respect – the fa- uh, his dedication to making that vision become a reality. Yeah, I guess. Anyways, let's move on because again, we're we're on a bit of a time about it. I want to talk kind of about about the North Division in general. Let's start with the um recent trade. Obviously, Stefan was traded to Ottawa for a second round pick. I like the deal personally. I don't. 
I like Neal in terms of value because you're not giving that up that much for probably a second or third line center, which is pretty valuable. So mm-hmm. I like it. For, I do like it for both sides. That being said, in Ottawa's perspective, it's kind of like I feel like they're almost trying too hard to contend too fast. Personally, I don't think they're ready yet. I think they're rushing their young guys. Oh. Okay, I was trying to sound like a mark again. Sorry about that. No worries. Are you starting from... Where, where do you want to... Okay, never mind. Just start. Hey, sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Uh, we cut out for no apparent reason. Anyways, back to step on to Ottawa. That... The point is, I think they're rushing their young guys. Branson's not ready. Their third overall pick, who I can't remember their name because I'm tired, is not Tim ready. Stutzel. Tim Stutzel, that's it. All right. With they're, not Ottawa, ready. they're not ready. And especially if you look at the Canadian division, are they ahead of Toronto? Obviously not. Are they ahead of Calgary? Obviously not. Are they ahead of the Oilers? Obviously not. Are they ahead of Winnipeg? No. Montreal. Like they're not, they're the worst team in the Canadian division. They're not. And they're only playing Canadian teams. Like they're not making the playoffs. And to me, it's kind of like you're not ready to be this team yet. I don't love the do Derek Stefan trade. Because, and Hello? not because. Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. I don't love the Derek Stefan trade. And it wasn't a cap dump because he's only, you know, 6.5 mil, but it's only for one more year. So it's not about that. The reason why I don't love it is because they don't need a center. Josh Norris looks ready for the NHL after being the AHL MVP last year. He's going to take on that first or second line center role. Then you've got... Uh, Tim Stutzel, who's going to play. You, 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 think, you think he's already a first-line center? Tim Stutzel? No, Josh Norris. They're going to probably – they want to put him on a high uh, – they want to give him playing time. They're going to probably put him on the first Okay, line. playing time, like the third line maybe. But you think he's they, already, already for the first line? Whether he's ready or not, that's pr- most likely they are planning on putting him – very high up. And again, they're going to play him next to Brady Kachuk. That's been the plan since day one. That's why they brought him in. They know yeah, no, his chemistry that. with Brady Kachuk. They're going to be putting him seems a little high. premature. It seems a little premature. Well, again, what do they have to lose? They're a rebuilding team. The reason like, why they brought yeah, in Stefan. They have what they have to lose is the, the development of their players. Like it's not we've seen what he yes, but every player, player is different. Game. It's not about rushing players because he is a player that has taken the time and proven that he's ready for that next level. Will he be a superstar on day one? There's no telling about that. I'm not saying he will be. I'm just saying what they're planning on doing is most likely he will be getting some time on the first or second line next to um, Kachuk. It's what he's shown that he's ready for. It's what he's wanted since day one. Depending on how he does at training camp, all signs point to this happening. Now, whether he's ready or not, maybe that's why they brought in Derek Stefan. So in case that's uh, he's not ready, then they have him there. But the reason why I think they're also bringing in Stefan is because uh, they want that added experience there. I don't think he was the best option. I mean, uh, personally, I'm still not in love with that deal because I don't think uh, th- that center depth is jam-packed now. And they have elite depth on this team. And by elite depth, I'm not saying they have the best depth in the world. What I'm trying to say is just there is a lot of pretty solid players all around. They're not going to have... Uh, their fourth line isn't going to be a typical fourth line. And they're doing something similar to what Montreal is doing, where it's just about adding depth at every area. Oh, Um, Montreal. We'll get get that in a bit. Continue. But 
again, with them, I think one thing they're trying to do is, you know, develop not only a bit of a winning culture with their young guys, but what they're trying to do is, uh, first of all, add depth. I think that Ottawa thinks they're not pulling out of the rebuild right now, but what they're thinking is they have more of a chance than people think. Now, they're not going to pull in all the stops to win. They're not sacrificing uh, major assets, but they're man, going I, to I don't, I don't think they have a chance at all. Regardless like... on what we think, this is what management thinks, and I don't think they're... With the moves management, they've done, management is stupid. Okay, but with the moves they've done, they haven't sacrificed their future. They lost a second round pick when they have such an abundance of prospects, no, and they're no. bringing in a guy that can help develop their players. It hasn't been an awful move. They're losing nothing with doing this. If they don't do well, they're still at the bottom of the standings there. So it's nothing, and they still get a high profile pick. So they haven't really risked a lot. It's in interesting move i lo- i love the uh evgeny Dadanov thing because in those you know maybe not this year oh, but you give him a couple I years i hate that move i hate that move i i don't like that move at first i just feel like they're, they're rushing the process too much How, i don't consider that rushing it's three years from now you see they're i i don't i think to me to me years, they're, what, what they're trying to do they're trying to be a playoff team like this year and that is such a stupid idea because they're not again, ready yet. again you're i i don't think they're ready either but what the team is trying to do is they're gearing up so that if they need to make the – they're giving themselves a chance to make it. They're not sacrificing their future to make the playoffs right now. In any, If anything, they're saying that, hey, you know what? If our young guys can come in right away and prove the league wrong, they have a chance to make the playoffs, and we're going to give them the tools to do so. However, we're not going to risk anything. We're not going out of our way to make this team a playoff team right now. But if you know Stutzel, Norris, Branstrom, if they can come out right off the gate and just – you know, dominate or even, you know, contend for the playoffs, they're going to give them the tools to do so. But again, they're not going to sacrifice the future. You've got um, Batherson as well, Formington, and Connor Brown's coming off a great year. you still got Colin White and obviously Kachuk. There's Logan Brown. I like the addition of Gal- Galchenyuk. He's probably going to be a fourth-line guy, but still, you know, they haven't really, again, they're not sacrificing anything but to do this, David, but they're giving themselves you, a chance. You keep, like, cutting out. Is your Wi-Fi a little shaky? Doesn't seem to be. You keep it cutting out for me. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Well, anyway, all I'm saying is they have not sacrificed anything to give themselves even the slightest to chance me, of making the playoffs. To me, what they should be doing is they should be focusing on their middle young guys. So, like, guys like Kachuk, guys like Connor Brown, those guys who are, like, youngish, and they should be built, making them the foundation. They shouldn't be making these old veterans who are still good in their prime the leaders of the team. It should be Connor uh, Brown. Old veterans? Okay. What old veter- veterans? Stefan. Stefan's that one guy. He's not on this team long term. He is on a one year deal. I honestly see him being moved to the wing. I don't see him being a All big right, part of this me, team. He's probably going to be third, be fourth giving, line. In the a, I think they should have. I think getting rid of Declare is stupid as hell. I agree. 100%. To it. their team right now well it, it still is uh kachuk's team right now kachuk is the until you know we see stutzel what he could do and guys like that right now kachuk is one of the forefront pieces of this team and so is connor brown he's going to be on this team for the next few years bearing a trade listen they and they've committed to him so i don't see 
Uh, and they brought in, you know, you need supporting pieces as well. You can't just have a team all young guys and expect to uh, win the Stanley Cup. That's why you have a guy like Dadnov. You have guys like uh, you brought in Paquette who just won a Stanley Cup just to, you know, help establish this winning mentality. I don't love every move Ottawa's made, but I don't think that I don't love the Stefan trade, but I don't really think that anything they've done is pressuring their young guys too much, or at least uh, if they, if the coaching staff approaches this properly, it shouldn't, but it really just looks like this is a team that uh, knows that they're a rebuilding team, but they're, they have the uh, Dorian is giving them the chance to prove themselves. You know, Stutzel said when he got drafted, this is the perfect spot for him. This is a rebuilding team and he wants to be at the forefront of it. He comes in this year knowing that, they're not expected to make the playoffs. He's not expected to have a 70-point season, but he's going to be given the opportunities to do so and help start bringing, um, changing this team but in the right direction. I would argue Stutzel's not even ready yet like to be an NHL player. I would argue you should have kept him in the minors or in Germany or whatever for longer. Well, again, you know, he dominated in the pros. Maybe... Uh, maybe he does go to the minors. Maybe they do send him back. There's no telling that he will 100% be an NHL-level player. Or he's going to be in the NHL this season. Maybe he ends up staying in Europe or uh, gets sent back to the DEL. Or maybe he goes to the AHL if that's what his contract allows. But there is no, uh, there's no pressure that he has to be an NHL star and a first-line guy right now. But they're going to give him the option he thinks he's ready. The team thinks he's ready. We've liked what we've seen. He's been great in the pro leagues at a, such a young age that they're giving him the chance. I guess. I don't know. I'm, to me, I'm going to kind of quote Steve Dang a little bit here. The best teams and the best organizations are the teams that, A, have an identity and have a vision. So, for example, the Leafs, obviously, they're, not, they're a top organization, I would argue, not a top team. Their identity is speed, and they're trying to con- win now. The, the Sens don't have an identity. They don't, they're not, like, good at anything specifically. And it seems like they don't really have a vision. Like, they're kind of just doing – they're kind of throwing together a bunch of players and hoping it works. I, I agree that the best thing to do is have a vision. However, again, really when it comes they to have a team one. like this, you have to build an identity. You can't just put a bunch of young guys together and expect you to have an identity. You have to bring in guys who have been through the mill before. Get, no, and that's I what get, they're trying to do. I get bringing in older guys, but I think they should bring in guys who maybe are going to – Deal ice time, almost like for example. Well, like, there's no commitment to the guys they brought I th- in. I, that's why I thought getting rid of um, fuck, what's Duclair. No, not Duclair. Their defenseman who was like their captain. Hey. And it was in that, oh, Borowiecki. No, yeah, Borowiecki. I think getting rid of Borowiecki was dumb because I thought he would have been a really like nice either. fit with yeah. the young guys. Like players like that, I think you need more of right now. Or, or yeah, even like a Ron Hainsey, like guys like that. Look, again, I'm you not need saying that right now they've made however i understand what they're trying to do and i i would say that they're i think dorian is trying to establish start establishing a winning mentality and bringing you know who a bit been a of really a vision to this team you know who would have been Ilya Kovalchuk. For Ottawa? Ilya Kovalchuk. yeah but I, w- I wasn't thinking of him um cory perry would have been a nice pickup for Ottawa, i think wouldn't have been awful i i, I really would have liked that if they signed him obviously i think it's like i think it's a good deal for montreal too but I thought, I thought it would have been a really nice deal for Ottawa. Again, I just have to say that even with bringing a guy like Derek Stefan, you've got Artem Anisimov also on the last year of his contract. None wow. of owe anything to them. You know, okay, Stefan's, he has uh, one year. Uh, it's not like they're committed year. to him long I term. I actually like the addition of him. Okay, but fine, with Derek year. Stefan. 
Uh, I, all I'm saying with Stefan, the guy like Paquette or something like that, you know, they, they're not committed to them. They don't have to, you know, give him a whole lot of ice time. They don't have to put him on the first line. They owe nothing to him. He is only here until uh, the end of the season. And, you know, he could, maybe he's resigned, but he hits the open market. There's no commitment to him. Really, I think this team is a team committed to their young guys, but they're bringing in a guy like Stefan because if they realize that Norris isn't ready, if Stutzel's not ready to take on those roles, they can slot him up there. That way they're seeing at the beginning of camp, they're able to see, is Stutzel ready for this? Is Norris ready to take on these top roles? If not, they're not going to be left out in the dust. They have a center that could take on that role, right? They're not saying, they're not putting all their faith in Stutzel and Norris right now. They're saying, okay, you know what? If you're not ready, we're not going to put pressure. We don't want to rush your development. We could send you to the minors and still have uh, an NHL first-line caliber play. Hello? 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 Hi. I don't know why you keep like cutting out for some reason. Well, anyway, all I'm saying there is they're not going to be putting too much pressure on Stutzel. I actually like what um, Dory By the way, thinking. David, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you for a second. Breaking news or like yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yeah, Andreas, I see you. Kings. Yeah. Nice deal, actually. Only yeah. 1.2 million. Only for 1.2 mil. I think for, yeah, one year. Solid move. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy I was really hoping the Leafs would have actually signed. I really like him. I like he's pretty. I, yeah, he was on the Red Wings. Surprise, which makes it harder. Scored thirty goals as a yeah. center. Like young, young, pretty young guy. Got some like got some like kind of an asshole on the ice, which I like. I, I, I thought he was a nice addition for the Leafs, but whatever. Well, anyway, yeah, good pickup. I I think the Kings are actually a team that's doing it right. Personally, with their with their rebuilds, I really like what like they've done. They've kept their old stars to kind of keep that culture in place, while adding younger stars to the mix. Well, look, you know what the bright side was there? They had stars that they could have kept, and now they, they have a. I mean, Ottawa's had they to didn't have to trade scratch. They they didn't have to trade Mark Stone. No one was forcing them. They're. You're right, but they were not confident that he was going to sign. If you don't keep him and you lose him for nothing, and they, if you're going to trade a star player like that, there is good indication. You're not, it doesn't matter what they always say. There is a good indication that you know there's a strong chance we're not keeping him. You know, they couldn't have kept Mike Hoffman. They weren't going to keep Eric Carlson. There was a lot of reasons as to why they weren't able to keep all their young guys. And regardless on if yeah, it was stars. the right decision to, hmm? Stars, you mean, you said young guys. Oh, stars. <laughs> My bad there. But anyway, they've had to rebuild from scratch. And again, what I like about uh, the only thing I do kind of like about adding Derek Stefan is because they're saying, you know, personally, I think Norris and Stutzel, they're probably ready or they're at least ready to start. However, maybe they're not. And I like what Dorian's doing because he's saying, we're not going to put any pressure. We have you guys in our minds. You guys are the future of our organization. However, we're not going to put the pressure on you. If you're not ready to take on that role, you don't have to. That's why we're bringing in Derek Stefan. Nobody's Listen, expecting anything of us. You, we keep Stefan there. That way they're not left out in the dust if they're not ready for the NHL or they're not ready for that top six role. They could put Stefan there, move a guy like uh, Galchenyuk there or whoever, and they could still uh, – yeah, Tierney could be play on that second line, but they still have Stutzel and uh, Norris developing, and they're still you know going to play good hockey. Listen, the truth is, it's hard to be a good GM when you have Eugene Melnick with his blog reading that neck. So <laughs> I'm not judging him too harshly, but whatever. Let, let, let's move on to the entire uh, North Division as a whole before we go. Prediction: Who do you have number one in that division off the bat? 
I think actually there is one team that's the X factor. And what I mean by X factor is they're going to determine the division. And, uh, and I think people have Montreal being one of the top teams. I think it's a, you know, 50, 50 chance. They could end up being one of the worst teams. They could end up being one of the better teams. So I personally, I personally think um, Toronto is going to Really, it's the Leafs. Yeah. I think I did, the Leafs are going to fight for number their, one. Um, they've, they've had, a, in my opinion, an unbelievably good offseason. I love what they've done. Then again, I said that They've last, done what they needed to do. Then again, I said that last year when they traded for Tyson Berry. So I could be wrong again. This is an offseason <laughs> that the Leafs have... Dubas, again, he had a vision. And he figured out what the team also, needed. They didn't need more stars. They needed to get bigger. They needed to get grittier. They needed uh, leadership. And he's brought that in. So if this doesn't work, it's going to be a big issue. If this doesn't work, then I think then I think Neon is probably gone or Martiner. One of the two is gone. Well, I think, I also, think th- this, is, this like, is the Leafs' best chance. This is the last time. Those, this is the last chance those four have, I think. Like the big four. Well, the Leafs got lucky. Because they don't have to play Boston or Tampa and compete against those true. guys, they're given the best chance they've had in years. That is true. So, but um, that's a big listen, thing. The reason why the Leafs are going to break that first round curse. I, I think TJ Brody is a the X factor because if he if he can, I he had a bit of an off season. I know last year I didn't really watch the Flames too much. I heard he had not a bit of an off season this previous year, but he, if he's TJ Brody, he's a legitimately good, probably number three option, who's actually good in his own zone. He was the original option that the Leafs wanted for that, in that Kadri trade, but Kadri nixed to that trade, so we had to settle for Tyson Berry. And we all know how that, how that went, but he was the, the original guy that we all wanted. And now we have him, and we have him for, what, I think, three years? Four years? Well, one last thing here on that note that I'll touch on is look at the North Division. They're going to pretty much be exclusively playing each other. Look at the defenses that each team has. The Leafs have improved. Right? What? Um, the Leafs have definitely improved, and I'd say they're around the middle I of the pack. I mean, a lot the of the, Canucks, the teams they're playing don't have great defense. Canucks are probably their, their defense you know, up there. Their defense they're the improve. best. I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely like the addition of Nate Schmidt. I uh, think I think the team took a step back, but I think their defense improved, definitely. I agree. Um, but again, you look at those defenses, and the Leafs might now have one of the better I've, ones. I've, Obviously, I've, you know, the Habs might have... Know, it's probably... The best defense in that division is probably the Flames. Because they, they do have really good... The depth. Flames have, they have deep... stuff to prove, though. Yeah, they yeah have, but they, they do have, have a, stuff to they prove. They have, like, a lot of young guys on their back. But they've got team. a great top four. If you're Dan um, Hannafin, Anderson, and Tanev, that's going to be great. What I want to see, though, is Valimaki's got to step up. Clyington, those guys need to step up. And then that's going to be the X factor for that team. And with uh, Markstrom as well... I'm excited to see what they do. You? What were you saying? Sorry, you cut out. Hello? You cut out again. What? What's What's your number two in that division? In terms of defense or in terms of... No, like, who do you think is going to... In, like, the standings? I think... I'm not loving... I think it's going to be... Oilers or Canucks. I mean... So, yeah. And this is a tough division. We we have the same top... We have the same top three, then, because I have Canucks. I need to see what Montreal does. Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier. I I think the hype... On the Habs, listen, they've had a good offseason. 
I'll admit that. They've made some pretty sick additions, specifically to Foley, right? Hey guys, sorry about that. Um, David had to run because he has other work to do and we were having technical difficulties, but I'm just going to finish up myself. Anyways, what I was saying was, I personally think the Montreal bandwagon has gone a little bit out of control. They've had a good offseason. Not going to deny that. Obviously, Tyler Toffoli was a pretty good pickup. Um, got a finally good backup. They've had a good offseason. Corey Perry was a pretty good depth addition. But people are talking like they're a contender this year in the North Division, and they're really not. They're not better than the Leafs, in my opinion. Not even close, for that matter. They don't have as good offense. I would argue even their defense isn't that much better at this point. Or their goaltending. Um, not better than the Canucks. Not better than the Flames. Not better than the Oilers. They're better than the Jets, probably. I'll give them that. But it's gone a little out of control, this bandwagon. And it's the same with Ottawa. They're, people are talking like these two teams are playoff teams. And if you look at the North Division, and they're only playing, for as far as we know, each other exclusively, they're not contenders. They're probably the bottom three teams with Winnipeg. And it's it's crazy to me. It's really crazy. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just going to go through my standings quickly, what I have for the North Division. I have Leafs first, Oilers second, Canucks third. Again, we talked about this earlier. Obviously, Schmidt's a good backup. I mean, a good pickup, but they still did take a step back with the loss of Toffoli, Markstrom, etc. I have Flames 4. I think they're a pretty well-rounded team now. They finally have goaltending, which was probably their Achilles heel for the past couple years. I do think their defense did take a step back a little bit. And I kind of just question if they have the good chemistry and if they could even get it done because they've had trouble doing that. But Flames 4. I have Flames 4. Habs 5. Jet six because they still can't play defense and you can't rely on Hellebuck having like a nine thousand percentage save every year, and then you have the Sens last. Let me know what you guys think. I think that's a pretty good one. Anyways, we have to wrap up because I also have to go do stuff. Um, I'm probably we're probably gonna record next week. Nice talking to you guys again. Again, sorry about the month long break. Uh, see you guys later. Bye.